Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. We're very warm welcome to the Spirit Guides Network Radio and uh, Gregory Hay and the White Cloud Group for another podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you very, very much, my dear friend Ian, for inviting us once again. Very welcome. Okay, before we get going, have you got anything that you'd like to say? As before, basically, you just come out and say whatever you feel you want to say. Well, my dear friend, I have to say that for many people, it is still uh, as though they have different opinions as to what spirit actually is. And what it means when one individual, having returned to our side of life, and then perhaps comes and helps someone else, that being is in fact then uh, supposed to be, in a sense, um, for many people's opinions, as though they have become a different being. They haven't become a different being. It's exactly the same being that they were. It is just really perhaps that they have gone through the transformation of uh, education whilst looking at their Akashic book to understand perhaps the situations, the evidences of um, maybe their justification, their decision-making processes they had made during their physical life does not necessarily mean to say that all of these people who then perhaps return in some form or another in respect of being familiar energies to people on your side of life, that they have resolved everything or that they are automatically ascended in a sense as though that was something to do with perhaps their attitude or uh, ability in their in a spiritual sense of their own physical journey does not necessarily mean to say they still retain that it is in fact a part of the energy of uh, the whole realization process that it comes about in a gradual state it's not immediate does not mean to say that suddenly voila and there you have a completely different person. It is true for some because the re revelation of coming to our side of life is so magnificent and so beautiful that in itself can transform the whole consciousness and create a different kind of courage within that being because they are illuminating much further their spirit aspect of conscious physical life. If you look at many, many peoples who, for example, who may have actually uh, transpired to our side of life due to some kind of, of situation of the brain, let's say, and that they didn't have any marbles, they didn't have any consciousness before they actually left to uh, come back home to our side of life. Oftentimes, this is portrayed wrongly as, in a sense, as though they have to have healing. They don't have to have healing purely and simply because the consciousness is still a part of the physical vehicle. And as such, 
the retained memory is of cellular state. So it means that the consciousness, once it returns to our side of life, is all a part of that, is all, a, in a sense, a mixture of the different feelings and senses that being had, even though that person may have been in a vegetative state it would still be that the memory of that time would be as though they would say well that they were actually traveling a great deal in the spirit world or perhaps the situations of what they actually remembered were just simply sparse of the physical side of life but that the rest of it was something of an embellishment in the sense of their journey because it was non-physical. In that respect then, it must be said that for many peoples on the physical side of life, they need to take the right kind of attitude and familiarity as to what spirit are when they make themselves known to those in the physical state. And their love, their loving energy is still the guiding force that connects and binds and endures. Okay, well, thank you for that, for opening on such a lovely way there. Um, got a question about humans. They say that the eyes are the seat of the soul, and in some people you can see a real twinkle, like a real uh, glitter in people's eyes, and they look alive and um, sparkly, you know, and then you've got other people whose eyes just look dead and very uh, sort of matte, there's nothing to them. Yes. Is that true? I mean, are you actually seeing a reflection of the soul through the eyes? You are actually seeing, in a sense, uh, um, exactly that. That isn't to say that the soul is uh, non-intentional. It really means that you must remember that the soul itself is the energy and reflection of your thoughts and feelings, of your emotions, the way that you are. Even if you were a being who lived on the Serengeti Plains or whatever, and you had scant food and resources to your life. It may well be that your spiritual journey or your realization of self is something that far exceeds it. So oftentimes we see that many beings in reflection of this, in a sense, create a kind of auric field around them as well as what you see it coming from their eyes. If you look, for example, at a person who is very happy, very uh, buoyed in a sense of their feelings, they're not frustrated, but they are very loved, they are creating a, a loving energy from their vibration, it will come through their very skin. It will be as though they actually exude the vibration of happiness and love coming through them. So that means to say, in a sense, that they're fully in touch with their spirit. Maybe for some people who are, uh, in a sense, uh, that their eyes are lackluster, uh, may well be also, not just because they're having a bad day, but because of the fact that their energy is actually in a poor state, maybe because of their food or some other such thing. So, in, in actual fact, when you are looking into the eyes, it's not just about the soul reflection or, in other words, the energy or state of their beingness. It is more to do 
as well with the physical reflection of how they feel. The chemicalization, in a sense, is repeated within the eyes itself, themselves, because if you are feeling, in a sense, acerbic, it means that, in actual fact, the eyes will be quite dulled by that as a chemical realization, in a sense. So, when you are looking at a person who is very loved and loving and giving, you will see them in a well-balanced pH sense of their physicality. And that will also be something true to do with their skin and how that irradiates as well, that loving feeling and that loving energy. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Because you often hear um, horrible stories of mass murderers and they say, oh, their eyes were dead, you know. But you see, so you're kind of, it's a, it's, you know, you're tying in the kind of the emotional and the, uh, the way that the person feels into their physiology. So it affects the body, doesn't it? And then the body p- produces certain chemicals That's that okay. may, yeah. Yes, absolutely so, friend, absolutely. Yeah, because there, there was a lady recently, um, this is a different subject completely, but like metal would actually stick to her. It's almost like she had a very strong magnetic field where she could literally put a spoon on her, on her and it would just stick to her. Yes, I can understand that. Yeah, and, and you know, like some people, you know, you could think that, is it because she's got a, she's very vibrant in her energy? Is it, is it creating a magnetic field? Is that like attributed to like a very strong spiritual essence? I don't know. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? I would actually say, my dear friend, it's really to do with a strong electromagnetic charge which, is, which that person holds. Uh, it, it oftentimes will come about because of the metabolism or some other such thing of uh, the whole balance of the person. So it may be that they're carrying both polarities in that respect. So let me see. Uh, so in, in respect of this, it means that uh, perhaps certain parts of the physical body are more acerbic than others and uh, that another part is very alkaline. So it will depend upon really what's happening to that person and the uh, amount of uh, control or even indeed, I would have to say, spirit manifestation and the way in which individuals from our side of life may be wanting her to work and maybe that person is not actually responding well enough to the working of uh, uh, perhaps the kind of a mediumistic skill or the kind of spiritual aspect they have at hand. So, for example, a typical uh, situation of this would be someone who should be doing a, lo- a great deal of healing in order to use their energy isn't actually doing that, but is in a sense just uh, uh, finding it quite an anomaly of how they respond to different electronic devices or that um, various different kinds of things, are uh, objects, are in a sense attracted to her, actually physically. And this is uh, oftentimes because uh, that person's energy isn't being used in the right way. Uh, different kinds of developmental sitting will of, uh, will oftentimes make a difference in this respect, perhaps to do with different ways of correcting the balance of energy, therefore to make it more balance worthy. Uh, a human being should not be really suffering from their 
conditions of mediumistic quality or spirit gifts. So it really means to say that the whole situation has become out of balance or out of topography with the physical side of life. So that means to say adjustments need to be made really around that individual to enable the balance to be restored. And as I say, obviously, that person would need to uh, be correctively using the energy. Maybe it is of a physical type. Maybe it is uh, just purely of the, the spirit world. And therefore, it's in a sense that balance has to be achieved, usually dealt with by communication and, as I say, different kinds of development, depending upon what the issues are involved. Right, thank you very much on that. Just want to get your feedback on this. This is something that's been basic last year. On uh, There was a massive prediction that UFOs were going to appear over every major city on October the 14th and there was a, a, a channeler from Australia called Blossom Goodchild that announced this on the internet it went completely viral all over the internet and of course when October the 14th came there was no mass um, materialisation of UFOs and it completely really it kind of killed channelers reputations really and um, made a lot of people yeah and yeah. And basically, another thing's happened now. Now we have a retired NORAD officer who, obviously, you know, comes from a, a, a serious kind of background, uh, who believes in UFOs, and um, and I think he's obviously had first-hand experience with them. While yes, you know, but he's obviously contacted a, a channeler who's uh, brought through some beings called the Transcenders, um, and they they they've announced to him that there's going to be mass UFOs over all the cities on the on October the 13th and I guess you know here we are again with another date and yes you know I mean obviously the likelihood of that happening is zero really yes I quite agree yeah and the situation my dear friend is that uh, one of painstaking evidence the problem is that many human beings are actually quite beside themselves with luck, as luck would have it, of uh, actually being picked to bring about such information. So oftentimes what happens is that the developmental processes involved in a person or what you ascribe channeling to be are left in a murky field. In a sense, the situation has to be, what do you aspire channeling to be? Is it purely and simply uh, the recording or the device? Or is it that uh, through a, um, a physical being that non-physical entities are able to interrupt that life? On what basis? On what evidence? on what kind of uh, situation and value does that come about? And is it brought about in sincerity? Is there other evidence backed up with it? So you have to ask yourselves in all sincerity, when you are bringing about any kind of received work, the veracity of it. You have to logically apply scientific criteria in order to make the whole situation uh, recordable and uh, make the whole situation to be 
as red. In actual fact, there are very, very few beings who would accurately portray something of future state uh, in that kind of event. The reason for this is purely and simply because of the state of mind. And it means that the veracity of information has to be, in a sense, collated. It has to be established and verified. So that means to say that is also a default system and state of problem that airs because human beings rush to, uh, to, to do it, to bring it about. They are anxious, over-anxious, overzealous, oftentimes simply because of not realizing or maybe uh, having uh, false information. And this is simply torn through the developmental process and why it is so important for there to be development and indeed for there to be a specific mechanism involved in enabling it to happen in the first place. Uh, this is a situation then which uh, it, it cannot just be uh, that of the thoughts of a being which just is in a sense plucked from the ether. I mean what would be the motive for this? I mean is it to just destroy the reputation of people in this field? Because they yes. reckon they've got a message saying that uh, Earth's the atmosphere and the carbon dioxide is reaching a critical mass um, and they're here to, to help us. But that isn't true. My point, my dear friend, is that the Earth is changing all of the time. All of the time the chemicalization differs from one day to the next, from one point of the planet to another. Therefore, if you are looking at the whole and intricate balance of the planet, what you are actually looking at is, is the mean destiny it's something which is failing? Well, my answer to that is, yes, it is, but it's going to have hiccups both good and bad, whilst it is doing that. And that the difficulties then faced are that some people will say it's because of carbon, others would say it is actually because of methane, or because of uh, perhaps a different circus of events which many human beings choose to ignore because it doesn't suit them. So you have to understand that Though some people may point in one particular direction, it is many different facets of many directions that actually come to create uh, catastrophic harm to the well-being of the life organism known as the planet of Earth and all of its inhabitants upon it. Okay, I mean, just one more question on, on that topic, because a lot of people... I've been worried really about the announcement uh, last week or week before that about UFOs um, powering down nukes at um, you know silos and stuff like that. And the question is, are they doing that for their own benefit, or are they doing that to stop us from protecting ourselves? Well, uh, one might say either or both. One is to say uh, that as we had. Uh, said for many, many a year that the conditions of beings from elsewhere 
are usually purely and simply because they have the technology doesn't mean to say that there will necessarily be uh, a mass reduction in a sense. It wouldn't be necessarily that you would be taken over by some other race. It would be moreover that you would just simply be given the tools to destroy yourselves. And in a sense, when you are looking at the different ways in which beings may be proved hostile or not is very, very difficult, purely and simply, because for many human beings, you don't actually know what you're dealing with. That's part of the reasoning why we had always said and stated that even though many beings ulterior to the Earth, uh, extraterrestrial, ultra-terrestrial, may talk a good talk and be very loving and say all the right words and all the right kinds of energy and valued sentences that in actual fact, as many people had found out, uh, due to these kinds of, of interactions, that in actual fact, it became their worst nightmare in many respects of uh, beings being actually overtaken by their alien accomplices and then actually not being able to uh, come out from under their control. And so I won't dwell upon that because it's a, a, a very negative su subject. So, but in, in order to, for human beings to really understand their energy and what is maybe possible from the rest of the universe, I would say everything is possible from the rest of the universe. It, it is not a measurement of that there are always going to be beings who will come to give you great wealth and love and uh, make everything all right. So you have to be precaution. You have to create that precaution. That means that you question everything. Just because it's to do with the spirit world doesn't mean to say you have a silver spoon in your mouth. You have to be diligent. Due diligence is not then being that you distrust everything or that uh, you think that everything is just a, a, an escapement, but rather that of due process that you move through. Loving beings, there are many, hundreds of millions of billions of beings are very, very loving and very giving from our side of life to yours. But you have to not just trust what is spoken, as oftentimes the words, language and energy can be manifest and not real. Okay. Um just moving on to another question, somebody's routine talking about the, the Venus Project by Jacques yeah. Fresco. And it's also part of the Zeitgeist movement where they, I think they made a movie on uh, YouTube that quite a lot of people have seen it and it really goes into the nuts and bolts of what's really been happening to do with money, you know, economics and the yes. way that governments are kind of thrown out in coups and stuff like that. And at the end of it, there's a really interesting piece uh, from the Venus Project where they talk about the kind of perfect world that we could all live in. And the person is just asking, really, what your thoughts on, on that are. Well, my dear friend, the Venus Project itself, of course, all really uh, uh, surrounds by one individual, 
uh, a scientist, in fact, a, a wonderful gentleman and scholar, um, and his energy, his whole uh, fabric of what he has created is simply through his way of being, his way of logic, which has moved him through his physical life. You have to understand that uh, uh, Mr. Jacques himself has always been a person of an industrial nature. He was actually, I understand, the first person to create uh, uh, something that is called uh, curtain walling. It is something that is the the actual uh, uh, part of the configurement of a um, uh, a building that goes up into the sky, and he actually created all of the design work that was to do with the uh, ability to create um, the foundations and also the structure for very, very different kinds of buildings. Not only that, he could understand that in actual fact, if the computer situation and uh, technology was advanced as it should have been and as in fact Nikolai Tesla would have wanted, um, really, for it to be in a, a kind of like a superhighway, in a sense, of technical ability, then his whole uh, understanding, I, I, I feel, is really that human beings are the ones that actually spoil things because they want to try to create things in their own image or, or um, try to play, in a sense, as though they can create structures which are better than those created in the natural world. I understand that um, his energy uh, and to do with the Venus Project really is not just about buildings but a whole way of life and that uh, human beings would in a sense uh, just leave everything of the running of, uh, of the uh, well-being of the planet to computers and to uh, structural and technical engineering and the ability then for all of these to take care of life so that human beings don't have to because it's usually to do with the destructive methods that human beings use as in war and all of that uh, which is really to do with the greed and the other less fortunate uh, situations that human beings seem to uh, want to center themselves on for the meanings of power. I understand that his whole situation around the Venus Project was really to try to arrest power from human beings and make it something that actually doesn't have an instrument of device in it so that it's not the division of one person's mind over many others. It's always an imbalance when you have one leader and uh, all of the other people either following that person or disagreeing completely and foundationally of that person's thoughts. So it's far better as far as uh, the Venus Project is concerned 
to actually be able to leave all of that to one side so that human beings ha don't have the problem of making the really important decisions in life because they are simple mathematical equations that can actually be devolved by a machine. I mean, have you seen models like this elsewhere, in, say, in absolutely. the universe? Oh, yes, absolutely so. It, th these are generally very successful universe, uh, very successful life states, because generally what will happen is that machines not having uh, emotional need or desire, it means that when you are... Uh, looking at perhaps whether a dam should be built perhaps in a certain place. If you asked a, a, um, a computer uh, a program technology that was actually built for the purpose, it would probably decide or make the understanding that if it meant that all life of that place was going to become extinguished because of it, then it would actually create some other abundance elsewhere where that life could then be transported so that it wasn't affected by the problem or by the issue of building the dam in the first place. So in that respect, I understand uh, th uh, many other conditions have been met in a similar way on other worlds whereby the beings uh, have uh, established really in a sense a different kind of emotional need and that is of spirituality rather than having the power base and rather meager structures in a sense of uh, power and um, and those kinds of enthusiasms that really debase the whole life platform. In, in, in a sense it actually maintains then the structure of balance in the real harmony of the planet itself and therefore a pollution question or something like that simply wouldn't come about because it's already been calculated into uh, the, the well-beingness of the planet structure itself. Okay. Um, there's a really interesting thing on, on the internet and I think a lot of people have decided now that it must have been uh, a fake story but it talks about a project called SERPO where allegedly the Americans made a swap with another planet and they sent Americans to the other star system, a planet called Serpo, and then they sent theirs back in return to the US. And apparently this Serpo world was almost like a sort of socialistic kind of thing where it was all based on technology. There was every, Everybody's needs were met. So there was no kind of money or anything like that. Um, anything you wanted, you just it was just there for you, if you know what I mean. But I mean, I don't think that project is real because I, I can't imagine that we would have the technology to do that. But I yeah, mean, it's quite... it, I mean, what what do you think about that? I mean, it's it's um it's kind of really decentralised and everything, isn't it? And then I don't know, is it dangerous? Can, can it go wrong like that? Is it dangerous? Um, you know, computers taking over. There's, there's quite a lot of films like The Matrix and, and others yes. that talk about a technology taking over the world, like Terminator. Yes, but the problem with that is that is factoring in uh, perhaps the near-sophias of humankind and perhaps their uh, whole altruistic experience of letting go of the reins and allowing some other function or situation to deal with it. My point really is that 
this is really about making decisions about design and the structure inherent within the fabric of that world. So you are talking really about not machines mechanically minded that then create law or create uh, decisions over life and, um, and death, if you like, of individuals or substances or, or anything else. It, it is simply a, uh, that's more like a negative uh, 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 attachment to it, simply to try to make sure that human beings don't go down that road, I feel. The, my point really, as well as uh, the whole condition with the Venus project, really, and don't forget that he actually designed civilizations that would work un, in the oceans, under sea, as well as on land. And so this is actually really, in a sense, a part of understanding how technology can really benefit. I mean, to say in respect of this, it's like human beings at this present time are at the hour of 11 o'clock. And they're still treading water on your world. You are still treading water in respect of how you actually preserve water, how you manage to uh, stop producing uh, fluorocarbons or anything else to do with the acidity or the alkalinity of rain, soil, water, ocean, whatever it is. How to maintain its equilibrium and there is still fighting going on about how actually to even manage your own waste. When in actual fact your own waste can be quite simply used and reused in order to power your own living conditions. So that seems completely ridiculous that there is still the efficacy of really seeing that power has to be from something else. But that once again is human mind. Once again, that's the, the problem of that topical solution is that when the human mind is involved in it, it's always to do with how other people can make financial, large financial gain, large amounts of power from the condition. Because that is what everything on your side of life presently is based upon. The whole condition of the Venus Project and our dear friend, who is uh, the master of, of uh, that uh, efficacy and his whole uh, condition, his life work, is really to do with how to alleviate, allow the mind to do what it should be doing of human state, that is of understanding life of the planet, rather than saying this is mine and this is mine and uh, in, in a sense just making it so that it is no longer a precedent to, to happily watch another race or another person on another part of the planet pass because of lack of food, when there is more than enough food planetary-wise. So all of this, it really does mean it is a matter of choice, is it not? And what human beings have to come to is understanding, and they don't have long to do it, in just how is it you are to manage your planet for the best 
will of survival. Okay, that's quite a sobering thought, really. Just, I mean, just quickly back on that. I mean, was you aware of the Project Serpi thing? Would you know what the origin of that was? Was it, is it like a seed to grow a good idea, or was it just something disinformation? Do you think? Yes, I would say it is a platitude. It is a well, what if? A wisteria, in a sense. Okay, I mean, I think with humankind, we we need to get to the precipice before people do anything, don't they? Because people are going to keep living the good time until it just literally runs out. Well, well, yes, yes, absolutely, Ian. We'll continue to take. That's the point. And so human beings en masse have to, in a sense, realize this. It is a matter of your own choice, the destruction, or do you wish to live in peace and harmony? I mean, I, I, I feel that the technology already exists today to live in a utopia, but we don't, we're not doing it because there's certain uh, forces, if you like, that want to keep earning money off oil. And so therefore, they're not going to allow the good things to come into manifestation, are they? That's right. Yeah. I mean, how many years do you think we've got left with oil? I mean, if, they're gonna, if, if that's the world it's, way it's going to have to be, because they're just not going to let us get off oil... How long do you think it'll be until oil literally runs out? I don't. You don't think, you don't know? No, I do not uh, feel. It's not a question of oil running out. Oil regenerates itself. Oil is always there, in a sense, a part of the planet, purely and simply because of the, of the uh, chemicalization of decaying matter, of the very fact that these different chemicalizations of um, past life matter are going to continue. Unless, of course, that all animals and all beings who ever pass are all going to be gathered up and used and their bodies used for some other purpose. In which case then, I would say that oil will eventually run out. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. You see? Uh, after all, my dear friend, uh, oil is constantly being made because of the processes of the sea, because of the processes of all of the matter uh, of beings and life that passes and eventually becomes to detritus on the bottom of the ocean floor and then gradually over thousands and thousands of years sinks ever lower and then becomes uh, compressed in other ways and then eventually those life juices and everything else to do with it once again returns to the fluidity uh, that is oil. Okay, I mean, just to try and turn everything around that we've been speaking about into yes, yes. a positive. Absolutely. Because um, I mean, I feel what we're doing here is kind of revealing what's out there, and, and then people have, can make a choice, really. To well, I do hope so. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed over the last year or so, or over many years, really, is that there seems to be more people who are willing to expose what's really going on, whether that's in Hollywood movies, um, whether it's in, you know, some mainstream news articles now, and yes. some really good websites. So it does seem to be that the, the things that were keeping the lid, you know, on many, many things, they can't, it's obviously not as tight as it used to be, because there's... That is quite true. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I can see that. And from our observations, my dear friend, it would appear that it will continue to do that. People just simply on your side of life 
have not to be afraid. Are the people that you know normally put the lid on things? Are they sort of losing? grip are people kind of deserting them in greater numbers and more people sort of going on to the other side and want to change the world is that is that what's happening or is it just a case of like safety in numbers now more and more people are waking up and seeing what's happening i understand my dear friend that purely and simply when some people grasp upon the idea that perhaps something that's working in one government which is really to do with the suppression of information or whatever it is is then something that uh, certain people who have a, a vivid identity a good uh, strong understanding of themselves feel it emboldened within themselves that they need to have their own voice and simply it's a matter of all of those on your side of life who have freedom of mind, who are not constrained by um, the past dealings, but are in fact emboldened by it purely and simply because they can see that it is uh, not right. And that I'm not here to advocate violence or any other such thing, but surely the freedom of mind and the freedom of information in its purity value is ut should really be utmost. That's not to say that the gimmicks, in a sense, the way in which media still uses and utilizes story in order to bring about negative feeling and negative results. Oftentimes, I see that the whole situation and system of that kind of different uh, journalistic reporting is something which is very manufactured and um, mechanized in a sense and that it's very difficult for those on your side of life to see the truth to actually work out really what is there are very many people who have their own agendas their own wish list in a sense and that makes it topically very very difficult to to really establish truth and fact rather than uh, an agenda or a biasedness uh, of perhaps or one journalistic approach over another. I think whenever you see something in the mainstream media that's being reported over the top really by you know by them I think you have to kind of read between the lines of what it's really about you know what is their agenda for reporting things in such a way yes you know that is quite true. And, and oftentimes, my dear friend, the truth really is completely suppressed. You actually don't have the real truth at all. This week, it was, um, I, you know, I think they were celebrating 70 years for John Lennon. Yes. And, um, you know, I sort of went over the weekend, I sort of was reading the lyrics to um, Imagine. And when I read that, I was really, you know, just outstanding, really, because... You know, like having knowing what we know now, kind of thing. When you go back and read the lyrics to his song, you realise just what he knew, and he was trying to wake the world up back then. Of course, yes. Yeah, and obviously it seems that he he paid with his life um, back then. Obviously, a different world then, where they could easily snuff out people that speak up. It hasn't really changed. It's just that um, that there is a difference in the numbers of people. So what you have now is perhaps a different kind of galvanization of people feeling that they are worthy 
rather than feeling that they are subjects. So I feel that that is a very large difference, friend. I feel that the spirituality and uh, raising of the energy and of perhaps the truth status is something that is perhaps more aspiring. I feel also that in respect of the technology and advancement of this in perhaps, let's say, the last 10 years or even five years is something that has grown exponentially. So that means it's something within the grasp of almost, well, for many, many people, not I would say most, but for many, many people. And that means then that the truth does will out. And that is what you have to maintain, is for all beings to actually be able to have the conscience and the understanding that they can be heard. It's not still that people uh, must be feeling as though they have no voice. Yeah, no, it's, it's really encouraging, you know, when you see the, the signs that people are, you know, doing their bit. And you just hope it continues, really, because there's, there's a lot of confusion around the, the times we live in, with different scenarios, whether it's a doomsday thing, whether we all go through ascension process and go to the fifth dimension, and whether the, we, um, you know, the, the truth comes out and we, we all build a better world slowly um, and we realise the mistakes of the past. So there's there's many different groups of people that believe they're doing the right thing and that the time we're living in has been prophesized you know for thousands of years yes. and um you know if one when you sort of put all the different theories aside there does there does seem to be massive change on the cards A absolutely so absolutely so i would agree dear friend Ian. the the only thing i would suggest however is that People have to keep it up. They have to keep putting in energy. Don't feel that you're a lone voice. Don't feel that, oh, well, it isn't worth it, or I am only, I'm only one person. You are one of millions. Yes, absolutely. But millions can have the same fruit of the mind. Okay. Now, this is just an odd question I want to throw in here, because I, I made a really odd discovery <laughs> uh, this week. We've got like an umbrella-type plant. I'm not sure what the, the Latin name of it is. Um, but just above it on the ceiling, there was two spider webs. And what I noticed was that the spiders had created their webs that basically create a mirror image of the plant. So, like, one of the um, hanging... Uh, leaves that come off it it's got like 10 leaves that come off a central bit and it's like an umbrella that hangs over and then on the ceiling just above it there's a cobweb that is identical to that formation it's almost like it's picked up a kind of template of the plant from a very yes. small distance and I've, I've never seen anything quite like that before and I just wondered if that was normal <laughs> they're very clever creatures dear friend <laughs> Very, very clever. They have very good awareness, spatial awareness. They are able to really ascertain uh, within their sight uh, very great distances. And so that means to say that they can aspire to make many different kinds of curtains in order to um, make a proof for their, for their dwelling space or for their capture space. Naturally, yeah. if they want to bring about something that is the like of their surroundings, like a chameleon would, 
they don't have their skin to use, but they have their webbing to create with. So that means that it's obviously much better for them to create something which is of the like of their surroundings, therefore it won't be noticed. I just sort of wondered, you know, sort of within the field that we're all contained in, whether there's like there's a, a field of consciousness that the plant is kind of given off and the, the spider without really realizing it's kind of picked it up you know that's what you could think on a spiritual level you know whether, whether there's like a template that's there part of its geometric form that's just there or whether the it plant is. is communicating with the spider well yes uh, uh, both of those my dear friend are possible for example in exactly the same way that you can communicate with the spider or the fly yeah no it's interesting it's interesting Yes. yes. <laughs> it was interesting because in the week someone said that it's becoming... No, I think it may have been you that said it, that it's becoming clear that humans are not the most intelligent things on this planet and that in actual fact animals and insects are intelligent. It's just that we, because we, we look down at them and think we're much better than them, that they're just not important, if you like, you know. Yeah. What you have to remember is that all animals can speak to one another, but human beings cannot speak to animals or listen to their words of wisdom. They have to do a great deal of training to do that rather than it coming naturally. Therefore, who is the greater? Yeah, it must be wonderful to, to talk to animals. You know, I've, I've spoken to a guest in the past that could do that, and it's just absolutely fascinating to hear the stories. And they're very, you know, like cats are very devious, just like that you, they've been betrayed to be. Um, and each animal seems to have its own sort of characteristics. Of course, yes, absolutely so. Just because they are of one species doesn't make them uh, clones, doesn't mean that they have no mind, doesn't mean that they don't have any empathy or uh, emotional need or desire or difference about themselves. They do very much so. I think that's why it's important really to um, care for animals but also with insects as well. Don't just go willy-nilly gun splat one, you know. Yes. Squishy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that and hope there's some interesting things there that people can grasp. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so very, very much, my dear friend Ian. And it is love and light that we give to all and every one of you uh, from our side. In a sense, where you live anyway. Indeed. Yes. God bless. God bless. God bless. God bless. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.